off and running. Hour two here of Tiger Tailgating to yes. 430. We'll hand things off to the LSU Sports Radio Network. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, and shout out to the Wave, Tulane Green Wave. They're going bowling. Going bowling, baby. 29-28, they prevail over Navy. Surviving Roll a wave. scare. Roll they were up 21-3 and a half, and then Navy storms back for a 21-28 or 21-point. They, they basically tied it. And then all of a sudden, uh, how about Tulane? And in, in, in the, in the, in the decision to go for two there from Willie Fritz that a lot of coaches are afraid to do right. because it, it just, the success rate isn't very very high. But I think for Tulane and, and Coach Willie Fritz, hats off to you. Great job. You guys are going bowling, man. How about Justin McMillan? Right? That's a good story right it there. It is a great story. I like it, man. I, I mean, I'm really proud of the kid. I thought he did everything he needed to do at LSU to be competitive, uh, to gain the starting quarterback position, but he didn't. And um, he took his time, and he made a good decision to go to Tulane, and I think it's paid off for him. Yeah, hats off. I mean, former yep. LSU quarterback, transferring. Man, it's just um, it's good stories all the way around. It is. Congrats it is. to Tulane for me and Herb. Michigan just scored again. Yeah, they, they scored, scored again. So yeah, 41-25, they... pending the extra point. Michigan trails. Number four Michigan t- trailing Ohio State <clears throat> in Columbus. Keep an eye on now Here's, a, here's another story, too, college football. that we haven't talked about yet is uh, – Oh, Les Miles getting the the, 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 the the job at Kansas, and um, it's a really good kudos to him. I think he deserves it. It's a good program. I think he can make something happen there. Um, and then I also saw something where he's reached out to Lowell Narcisse and possibly oh. maybe bringing him in at Kansas. Okay. So I think that would be a great move for, for him. Yeah, and look, I don't know if you heard his introductory press conference, but it was he's at it again <laughs> with the riddles. <laughs> I mean, you know, he, he speaks in circles, College football has missed him, man. Oh, look, I think college football is better when yeah. Les Miles yeah. is coaching. Yeah. You know you're going to get that quote after a game. Him or that. and Mike Leach. I mean, yeah, exactly. He and Mike Leach are great for the game. They're better for the game, I would argue, from a from a entertainment standpoint, better yeah. than Nick Saban. Yeah. Okay? No, oh, yeah, definitely. You, I mean, Nick Saban can get riled up and worked up, but he's pretty close to the vest and buttoned up. Les Miles, it's just great to have him back in college football, just like in the NFL. Yep. When the Raiders are good, um, you know, when they're a good team, the, good NFL's, team. the NFL's better. Right. I know I know. Bobby Hebert, uh hates this, but when the Dallas Cowboys are, are good, a good yeah. team, well, it's better for the NFL. Those two teams have fans across, you know, across the country. They don't, they're not just centrally located in Oakland, if you will, right now, and or in Dallas. They're everywhere. Yep. So, and that makes a difference. Tom on line one. What's going on, Tom? You're on Tiger Tailgating on WWL. Guys, LSU's won eight in a row against. Uh, 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 excuse me, LSU's won eight in a row against the A and M. So I think the LSU game will be a like a crusade game for A and M, and I think the offensive game plan for Ensminger will be crucial. I'd like to ask you both: How would you attack the A and M defense? Just do what LSU had been doing when they were rolling pretty good offensively, right? Herb, I, right. I, I think you're better suited to answer this. I'll give you mine after Herb. So offensively, what I would do is like we, like like Christian said, when we beat Georgia, we spread them out and we creased them with the run, and then we were able to dink and dunk some passes. Um, and we didn't necessarily have to go downfield all the time, but when we did go downfield, we connected. So um, the thing about the thing about the offense here as of late is, for some apparent reason, we just lost our moxie and our mojo, and we just don't have it anymore. But if we can some kind of way find that again, and like I said, I always think the best way to, to, to attack a defense is to spread them out and to, and to make them run sideline to sideline 
and um and not and not to shrink the game and, and play inside of the tackle the tackle box. I always think it's it's really great to spread out, especially when we have such talented guys on the outside. And if we can just get them the ball and let their talent speak for themselves once they get the ball, run after catching things of that nature, I think we'll be fine. And then we also have to mix up the running backs as well. So we've got to let um you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire as well as Brosette actually touch the ball, but let's not put them in a confined space. Let's spread them out and then let's get the creases. Uh, I'm kind of piggybacking off of Herb there. And for me, it comes back to Justin Jefferson. Is he going to play? That's a big X factor there. Yep. Uh, if you don't have he's, – he's been the most productive wide receiver in this LSU offense. Yep. Um, but I think you got to establish the run early. and you got to stay committed to it. I also think that you, you want to get Joe Burrow pushing the ball down the field again. We've seen that over the last couple of weeks where he's not connecting on that big play mm-hmm. and they're not even really attempting it that much. And I think that when they were doing that against Georgia, even when they weren't successful in connecting, it, it, it softened them it up. It softens them up, yep. So, and that makes it easier on your running game. Mm-hmm. So I think they need to get back to that. That's how I would ultimately try to, uh, try to attack Texas A&M, Tom. Yeah. I think they need the offense that they showed against Georgia to beat A&M today. You're right. You're absolutely right, Tom. Well, I agree 100%. Always enjoy the show, gentlemen. Thanks, Tom. We appreciate you calling in, bud. Um, look, you're right. The whole point, though, and when you say you have to establish the run early, that's, that doesn't mean you have to get in the eye formation and try to pound them. We're not talking about that. We mean, like you say, like I said, spray them out. Let's put three, four wide receivers out there. I know Jordan uh, – not Jordan, I'm sorry. I know Jefferson may, may or may not be playing today. But you know what? We have Giles, and he's come in as, as the top recruit um, who's transferred from from Texas Tech, and um, he we have to see what he can do. If Jefferson can't go, then we got to get him. We got to try to find a way to get him the ball and see if he can be as effective as Jefferson. Or not. I want to see. Tell me if you agree with this. I want to see Foster Morrow involved a little bit more, the tight end in this offense. You, you know, it's it's the thing about it is um, if you can establish some kind of tight end presence, that would be great. Um, Ohio State's about to score again, but if you if you wow. yeah if you establish some sort of tight end presence presence then now you're taking the safety away. And then at that point, that safety has to be, you know, cognizant of that tight end going out for a pass, which then, again, softens the defense, which then you can run the ball on them. And or you may be able to take a tight end and run them on an out route and then run a post behind it or in front of it, and you get beyond the safety and then you have an opportunity to hit a hit a deep pass here and there. So, you know, at, at some point, you, I would always incorporate a tight end. I don't know why we don't. I don't know why it's been such a difficult task to do um but we also have to in- include Marshall and Chase in something I mean these guys are four and five star recruits some of the best recruits coming out of the state at, at wide receiver and out of the country um and we just have not been giving them an opportunity that they need and I think they need to to get this opportunity and, and to see what they can do and to be as well as they can be 48 25 Ohio State on top of number four Michigan right now in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter, 13.55 remaining. It is rivalry weekend in college football. Two lanes go in bowling. They beat Navy 29-28. Well, wait. LSU and Texas A&M coming up tonight at 6.30 right here on the home of the Tigers. Up next, I want to preview some prep scores going into the state championship games. Alan Waddell, our prep analyst, will join us next here on WWL. Welcome back. Tiger tailgating. Herb Tyler's dancing here in the studio. I'm Christian I like Garrett. that beat, man. That's a nice beat. It's pretty solid. I like that. Prep football, state championship edition. <laughs> Coming your way next weekend. Man, I had some good games in the uh, quarterfinals. 1A, Kentwood beating uh, Basil 44-14, helping us to dissect this all. Alan Waddell, part of our WWL All-State Sugar Bowl prep football crew. Alan, happy belated Thanksgiving, man. Thanks for joining us. Hey, man, no problem. Thanks for having me. 
You bet. So um, here we are, right? Next week. Yeah. Next week is state championship edition. Um, well, next week's the semifinals semis. for the You're public, right. and then the, and then the uh, the championships will be in two weeks. Right. Right. My bad. I'm, I'm reading this wrong. Anyway, so let's start with um, Class One A: Kentwood beating Basil, uh, 44 to 14. Uh, the Kangaroos. What kind of squad do they have? Obviously, they're very good. Yeah, they have an outstanding football team. Uh, you know, they lost a couple of games at the end of the year to Ascension Catholic, who made it to the state championship game in Division Four, and then and Southern Lab. But the big news out of Kentwood is that Trey Palmer, LSU commit, uh, he, he fractured his ankle last night. So I'm not sure. Who, I'm, I'm sure he's not going to be available. Uh, you know, into the semifinals, they have their hands full. They have to go up and take on Haynesville next week in North Louisiana. Haynesville, a perennial one A power. They dispatched Del Del High, uh, sixty two to twenty eight. Uh, how do you do you favor Haynesville regardless of if that injury had taken place or not? No, I've been on Kitwood all year. I thought they had the best team in one A. I thought they would win the state championship, and and they still have a lot of really good players. But you know, I was anxious to see when the bracket came out who would be two and who would be three because uh, with the rule now in the state of Louisiana, whoever's the higher seed is at home in the semifinals. So Kit was going to have to make that long trip up to Haynesville, and I think that certainly. Um, the home team has a major advantage in that in that rivalry. These teams have played a lot over the last few years. Oak Grove beating uh, Oberlin, fourteen to eight. Also West St. John uh, taking down Logansport, twenty four twenty three. So it'll be Oak Grove and West St. John in the uh, semis. Yeah, that's right. Uh, West St. John actually was down twenty to nothing yesterday in the fourth quarter and came back and won that football game, the defending state champs against Logansport. So big time win for the Rams and, <coughs> and Oak Grove. Uh, you know, they have their best team in probably 10 years as one of the biggest teams in 1A, uh, biggest offensive line in the state, no doubt about it, uh, for the Oak Grove Tigers. They're undefeated. Moving on to Class 2A here with Alan Waddell, prep football uh, analyst. And, Alan, a meet continues to roll 48 to nothing over Franklin. Any any surprises yesterday in the quarterfinals in 2A? Or, or over the weekend, I should say. No, not for me. I think the, all the better teams won. I think we have the best four teams in the state playing next week with Manny playing Welsh and then Amit uh, is going to play Faraday. Faraday is a team that was one play from getting to a state championship game a year ago. They lost to St. Helena last year in the semifinals. They turned around and beat those guys last night in the quarterfinals. But I don't think anybody has uh, enough to, to stay with the Amit Warriors. They're the most talented team in the state. They have blue-chip athletes all over the field. Um, they're just a, it, It's almost unfair to have that many good players on a 2A football team. In the 3A uh, quarterfinals last night, it was Iona, Iota 21, North Webster 14, Kaplan 22, Lake Charles College Prep 12, Sterlington 13, Union Parish 12. How are they going to do that in the semis when there's only three teams left in the bracket? No, there, there should be one more at the bottom there, uh, Christian. Um, so Kaplan won, Sterlington won, uh, Eunice won. Eunice won okay, down there okay. at the bottom half. So Eunice is going to play. Um, Eunice is going to play Kaplan at home. Eunice is the two seed. And then at the top half of the bracket, Kaplan – I'm sorry, um, at the top half of the bracket, Iota is going to play Sterlington. Sterlington won a rematch last night over Union Parish by one point. Okay, I didn't have Eunice in there. Uh, class 4A in the uh, quarterfinals last night, Easton 34, Shreveport Northwood 6, Carr 48, Bastrop 19, Neville 21, Lakeshore nothing. So uh, just break down this quarterfinals in the Class 4A and, and what you're going to look at in the semifinals. I think we have two really good games uh, next week as – Carr and Neville are going to play at Berman Stadium. Uh, they're in Algiers. As we, anybody that's followed high school football in our state, that Carr and Neville has almost become an annual matchup. I mean, it's just a, it's, it, most of the time it happens in the state championship game, but it's going to happen in the semifinals this year. 
cars and machine, they keep on rolling. I, always, I thought when the bracket came out, we were on a collision course between Carr and Easton in the state championship game. They played a classic in week 10 that Carr won by one point as Easton went for a two-point conversion uh, to win the uh, uh, to, to try to win the game and came up a little bit short in that Week 10 matchup. But Easton's going to have their hands full. They're playing maybe the best team Leesville's ever had in school history. I mean, they've had some good ones. You know, you, look, you think back with Kevin Mawai and then also when they had Cecil Collins. Uh, but right now they're undefeated, and they went and beat St. Martinville in a shootout last night, 53-49 to advance to take on Warren Easton. The guy across from me, Herb Tyler, um, yeah. Allen is 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 really stoked about this this four A matchup potentially between uh, yeah, Easton and Carr. Look, I went to Carr and uh, and and I know all of the coaches over there. I know all of the coaches that were in Eastern as well. So this is potentially going to be a New Orleans uh, Superdome uh, state championship game coming in for the four A. I, I like it, man. I like it. I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, when the bracket came out for the casual fan that doesn't really have a dog in the fight, that's right. the game you want to see. Yep. I mean, that's the two best teams in four A. They're loaded with talent. I mean, Carr, the run they're on, we really haven't seen anything like it's, it. I mean, right. especially the public school side. I mean, they have been unbelievable. It doesn't, they've had three head coaches during this run. It doesn't matter. They just keep getting to the Dome, keep winning state championships. And, you know, Easton is certainly a formidable opponent. Like I said, they played a one-point game in the regular season. Well, I'll share something with you. I don't know how much you know about Edna Carr, but a long time ago, Edna Carr was only a junior high program. And we literally won – 30, 40 uh, junior high championships. And it was a guy by the name of L. Ott who was the head coach. He instilled a lot of pride into everything that we did there. And uh, and then when they became in high school, um, the same thing happened. All he did was uh, Coach Watney, Coach Don Watney, instilled that same pride that we had in junior high into the high school program. And that's why you see it's so much pride uh, that, that they have over there on the West Bank at Edna Carr. And I do, too, with them. Uh, I went there from seventh to ninth grade, won three championships uh, for junior high. And then all of my, my friends continue to go on. I went on to Old Perry Walker, but my friends stayed at, at Carr, and they won two championships when they first initially started. So it was pretty, it's a pretty good special program over there, and it's always great to see those guys um, doing as well as they are. No doubt about it. Allen going on to the Class 5A. Destrahan taking down Terrebonne 31-14. Zachary dispatching Acadiana. No easy task there. They're perennially uh, in the fight for the Dome, uh, making an appearance in the Dome as well. So they, Zachary takes down Acadiana 26-14. West Monroe doing their thing. They're going to do what they do. They beat Ruston 34 to nothing. John Errett taking down East Ascension uh, 27-24. And Destrahan, Zachary, West Monroe, who, who, who do you think ends up winning it all? You know, I, I picked Zachary at the beginning of the year and even going into the playoffs. I know they had a couple of losses during the regular season, but they lost to U-High and Catholic of Baton Rouge, certainly uh, two teams that are tremendous football teams. But it just seems like this time of the year, Zachary wins it. I mean, they just they, they, they just hit another gear. And, uh, you know, they're trying to win three championships out of the last four years. And what they've done with Keelan Brown, their coach David Brewerton, um, you know, Christian, this is what a lot of people don't realize when you look at Zachary's run through this year. They had to go on the road in the second round to Hawnville. They had to go on the road last week to Acadiana, and now they're going to have to go on the road again this week to Destrehan. So three games on the road for Zachary. If they can do that, that is certainly a great run to get to the state championship. Destrehan has a great team. I mean, John Emery scored four touchdowns in the second half yesterday against Terrebonne. But I'll tell you, one game that you really want to watch this weekend is John Errett is one of the best teams in our state. Their defense is serious. I mean, they're big, they're long, they're athletic. This is a rematch game. They went up and played West Monroe in, in week one. And I think Eric's a much better football team now than they were then. I think Eric goes up there and gives West Monroe all they can handle uh, in rubble land. Look, I, w- I watched uh, Zachary beat uh, Hanville a couple weeks back in the second round of the playoffs. 
And they are physical. They are big. They are athletic. They are fast. I mean, everything you want in a state championship football team, they have. They possess every every part of that that element. I mean, and their their quarterback is something else to watch as well. So I'm curious to see who comes out of that that gauntlet. I mean, you're talking about four. I mean, just outstanding. 5A football teams at Destran, who's no stranger to the Superdome. Uh, John Arrett, Wes Monroe, who also is no stranger, along with Zachary as well. So that class 5A, yep. whoever whoever ends up winning it will earn it, that's for sure. I'm pulling for John Arrett myself because my man Marcus Scott is the head coach over there. He and I went to school together. I love him to death, and I hope that he can pull it off. Alan, can you sit well, tight? i this. I was going to tell you, just to tell you the way that Eric game won last night, their quarterback goes down in the fourth quarter. They bring the backup in. He throws a touchdown pass with 30 seconds to go to win it. Maybe it's Eric's special season. It might be, man. It'd be great, man. I'm looking forward to it. Alan, sit tight for about four minutes as we uh, come back and we get the um, semifinals. Oh, it's one minute. We're only going to take about 60 seconds. Get the semifinals in the uh, Division One, Two. Three and four. Also, 48 25. Shea Patterson is down. He's down. The Ohio State Buckeyes lead right now in the fourth quarter over Michigan. Alan, sit tight. We're coming to you. Part of our WWL All State Sugar Bowl Prep Football crew. This is Tiger Tailgating here on WWL. LSU, Texas AM tonight at 6 30 right here on WWL. Welcome back to Tiger Tailgating. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick. Going a little prep scene here for the next couple of minutes. And once again, congratulations to Tulane. They're going bowling. 29-28, they win over yeah, that's Navy. Amazing. I love it. Alan Waddell, co-host of the All-State Sugar Bowl Prep Football Roundup each and every Friday night here on WWL. Going uh, Division One semifinals last night. Baton Rouge Catholic beats uh, Archbishop Rummel 13-10, a close one there. John Curtis 56-34 to over Evangel Christian Academy. And so John Curtis and it'll be Baton Rouge Catholic in the semi are in the, uh, in the, in the finals uh, in Division One. That's a great matchup, Alan. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a rematch from last year where Catholic got after Curtis and won the state championship. But, you know, talking about last night's game, uh, you know, John Curtis falls behind in the first quarter to Evangel 20-7. to Evangel ran back the opening wow. kickoff of the game. And then Curtis just explodes offensively, led by their quarterback, Colin Guggenheim, uh, to win that game pretty convincingly at Yenny Stadium. And I was actually in Baton Rouge for the, uh, for the Catholic-Rummel game. And, you know, I know the Rummel fans uh, out there are – they're heartbroken today. I mean, they outplayed Catholic for most of the game. Uh, had a lead 10 to three into the second half, and Catholic rallied and got the win 13 to three. They kicked the field goal as the game expired, and uh, Catholic had a third and 25 inside their 20 yard line on the last possession of the game with one minute to go, and they hit about a 50 yard pass on a screen pass, which set them up for an opportunity uh, to kick a field goal. So I know Rummel is sick today as uh, they had a chance to get back to the dome, but Catholic they just keep winning. They're trying to win their thir- third and four years in Division One. Division two now St. Thomas Moore taking down St. Charles Catholic forty nine to seven University Lab forty three to fourteen over De La Salle another great matchup there in Division two. I think University High is the best team in our state. Yep. All classifications they're loaded with blue chip power. I tell you, uh, you know I've, I've covered high school football in our state for a long time. If there's a better high school team in the nation this year than University High, I want to see it. Now I will say this: I don't think they're going to run St. Thomas Moore off the field. Listen to this. <laughs> St. Thomas Moore is averaging 60 points a game this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're like video game numbers. Caleb Holstein, their quarterback, he's 6'5", 220. He's a junior, has big-time uh, playmaking ability. So I think St. Thomas Moore is the best opponent for those guys 
in Division Two. They played St. Charles last night. St. Charles for the season was giving up less than 10 points a game, and they put up 42 on those guys on the road. Man, I was pulling for Newman last night. They couldn't get it done in Division Three. Uh, they lose to Notre Dame 48-21. to The Pios just keep rolling. Break down this uh, this matchup in Division Three. Notre Dame hasn't lost a regular season football game in four years, um, and now they're back to the Superdome again. They got there a year ago, and they lost to Catholic New Iberia uh, in the Dome a year ago, and these guys just seem like they're on a mission. Coach Louis Cook and that program, they're just a machine, Christian. They just, you know, they seem mm-hmm. like they get back every year. They just reload. They have an incredible culture over there in Crowley, and and the Pio is looking for another state championship. We don't know their opponent as the game tonight uh, between Country Day and Catholic New Iberia will be played at five o'clock there in Old Metairie uh, for a chance to see who plays the Pios in the state championship game. They are a machine. I mean, Coach Louis Cook's been doing it seemingly forever over there. Uh, I mean, I remember when I started covering prep football on this station. He was over there winning championships. He's been doing it for a long, long time. Division four uh, semifinals. Ascension Catholic beats Vermilion Catholic thirty-seven to thirteen. Lafayette Christian Academy thirty-five. Southern Lab twenty. So it's Ascension Catholic and Lafayette Christian Academy. That's that's another rematch. You know, last year's state championship game was that Lafayette Christian got the win, and most yep. people thought, including myself, when the year started, even when the bracket came out, that Southern Lab would win it. I mean, Southern Lab is loaded with talent. Five of the top prospects in our state played for the Kittens. They struggled to get by Washtenaw Christian last week. And then Lafayette Christian went to Baton Rouge yep. and beat those guys last night. I mean, Lafayette Christian has a really good football team. They only gave up points in one game during the regular season. They had yep. nine shutouts. Yep. Uh, they're very good on defense. Ascension Catholic, though, is a team um, that they lost to Southern Lab in the regular season. They finished the year beating Kentwood. And I think Ascension Catholic is on a mission. This is going to be a great Division Four title game, and in a, in a classification that, since we've had the split, seems to have been lopsided. It seems like we have a lopsided winner every year. I don't think it'll be this year, as I think this is going to be a great game in Division Four. Yeah, my man Trav Falk is doing a great job over at Lafayette Christian. Man, he's done it. I mean, their their culture is incredible. Yep. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, it's it's it's, it's unbelievable. Nine shutouts out of ten games. I mean, it's crazy That's how crazy. good the defense they're playing. And yeah. I mean, they've only given up like forty points on the season combined, including the playoffs. And and it looks like they're going to finish the season off like that, which is weird because I mean, you know, you just you think about like you said, they went to uh, Baton Rouge and and they did what they did there. It's just they're on the road, man. They're gonna they're gonna be it's gonna be tough to beat them. Alan, I agree. I think we're gonna have a good game though. Yep. Alan, who's the best player in the state that's currently gonna be in the playoffs? Like who of the teams in the playoffs, who's got the best player? I mean, I, I guess it's it's easy to say John Emery. I mean, John Emery's you know, one of the top backs in the nation. I mean, he put he's been put on a show in class. I mean, think about River Parish football in the last couple of years. You saw Puka Williams carry Hornville to the dome last year, and then turns around, goes to Kansas, rushes for over a thousand yards. Yep. Uh, for that Kansas team, and now John Emery. Back-to-back years, you have two fantastic running backs that are trying to get their River Parish team into the state championship. I t- a guy that, that I like, that I feel like is uh, very underrated, in my opinion, um, is Michael Hollins, the tailback for, for University High. He's committed to Virginia. He really makes that thing go. And then in the small school, Amy, like I mentioned earlier, they just are loaded. I mean, Devontae Lee, he's, my, he's one of my favorite players in the state. He's an old-school uh, skill position player. He's physical. He's 215 pounds. Will come down and hit you on defense. Can go up and make physical catches. And Ismail Shafshir, um, 6'5", 330, can be the most dominant defensive player in the nation when he wants to play. And, and he's been playing during the, uh, during the postseason and Amy's been rolling through the bracket. Alan Waddell, at Alan G. Waddell on Twitter, part of our prep coverage here on the All-State Sugar Bowl Prep Football Roundup each and every Friday night. And uh, Alan, Who's the best quarterback, pure quarterback, you, you feel like left in the playoffs? 
Uh, I'm gonna give you two. I'm gonna give you two answers. <laughs> I would say Keelan Brown is the best overall player. I mean, he's a he's an athlete for Zachary. What he does throwing the ball and also running the ball, he's a dual threat guy. But for St. Thomas More, Caleb Holstein. I mean, he is he's the big deal. And let me tell you what, what's unique for those that, that aren't really following high school football in our state. Caleb Holstein's had an incredible year, and St. Thomas More is averaging 60 points per game. And they have a freshman quarterback uh, that's Jamie Howard's son, Walker Howard who's supposed to be one of the top prospects, uh, young quarterback in the nation. So it, it's hard to believe that you're a junior, you're putting up video game-like numbers for St. Thomas Moore, and then you almost are in a quarterback controversy in your own school. That just shows you how loaded St. Thomas Moore is on the offensive side of the football. Alan Waddell, looking forward to your coverage along with Seth and uh, our prep crew throughout the, uh, semifinal, I mean, the, uh, the semifinals and our state championship edition in a couple of weeks. Alan, thanks, man. All right, guys, thanks for having me. All right, there he goes, Alan G. Waddell. We're talking about somebody that knows. He's probably yeah. forgotten more about high school football than yeah. you and I will ever know. I agree. I agree. He knows it all. He had an answer for everything. Uh, he, it's 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 it, it's amazing it. to me. Whenever I get him on, I'm like, how do you restore all this stuff? <laughs> I can't remember what I did last week, what I ate for dinner last night. And he, here he can rattle off state championship scores from 10, 15, 20 years ago. I'm Regular sure season can. scores as well. It's pretty phenomenal. Great job as awesome. always for yes. Alan Waddell. Great. We'll step away and come back to your phone calls at 504-260-1870. Text 870-870. Herbert Christian here on Tiger Tailgating on WWL. 55-32. Number 10 Ohio State leads Michigan at number 4. Seven minutes remaining in that ball game. And yeah. Goodness gracious. I think that's the most or uh, second most points Ohio State scored in this game. Like, in this uh, rivalry? In this rivalry. Period. Yeah. yeah. 55-32. Or most points period in this Rivalry. Georgia and Georgia Tech in rivalry weekend. Number five, Georgia beating Georgia Tech 45-21. Florida on top of Florida State. Number 11, Gators 41-14. to And Willie Taggart over there in uh, Florida, Florida State, State not looking too good. Uh, man, talk about, I mean, what, a couple years ago they were in the championship game. Two, right. Three, four years ago. And here we are. Uh, man, it's, it's kind of tough, man. It's uh, And Florida State is one of my favorite teams because they would always come – to Louisiana and grab a few of our players. Warwick Dunn. Warwick Dunn or Sean Jackson. You know, guys from, from the area, New Orleans or Baton Rouge. And then you would, you know, kind of celebrate those guys and, and, and really wish them well. But, man, they're struggling right now. <laughs> Mike Thomas, you just saw a glimpse of him on the sideline at, at Ohio State in Columbus. Yep. Of course, with the Saints playing on Thursday, he's got a few more a few more hours of uh, liberty, if you will. I know they got to be back at practice tomorrow. Look, I'm sure every our whole secondary is from Ohio State, so I'm sure all of them are at that game too. <laughs> yeah, checking in on other scores in college football. Like I said, Florida beating Florida State, 41 to 14. Syracuse number 20. Syracuse over Boston College, doubling them up, 42 21. Auburn and Alabama just getting underway in the mm-hmm. first quarter in the uh, Iron Bowl. Maryland and Penn State, the Lions at 12. 7-0 early over Maryland. And, of course, LSU and Texas A&M coming up tonight at 6.30, breaking down that yes. matchup. And we talked – if this game goes straight up, if LSU protects the football, doesn't force a turnover, do they win this game? If they protect the football and doesn't – and don't – And don't force, force a turnover. turnover. If, if everything's even. <sighs> uh, I, 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 think it's, I think it's close. It's going to be – I think they have to make a – get a few extra possessions – and, and and maybe even have a score on defense, if you will, or special teams to kind of help balance. Because, you know, what what we've seen over the past four weeks offensively has not been good, has not given us an, an, an a really good feeling about scoring points on a consistent basis and, and having some kind of a um, really good uh, continuous 
you know, upswing on offense. We just we just don't look good on offense. Having and 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 it's and it's you know it's not good. It's not good. Now against Georgia, we look great. And if we sustain that over the last four games, I'll tell you definitely, yeah, we don't have to. We don't need any turnovers. We can win this game straight up. Yeah, I think they, they're going to have to make a play on. Uh, special teams, you know, a defensive score, force a turnover, get a yeah. short field, something yeah. like that to beat yeah. Texas A&M. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen much from LSU's special teams in terms of a big return or anything this year. Is that the, is this the game that we find that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, oh. who's returning punts? Jo- Jefferson's not going to be back there. And then Giles hasn't really given us anything. He fair catches everything. So we've got to figure out exactly who do we need back there to make a play. It's, it's tough, man. I think that um, – I think that special teams can can help us in the kicking game, meaning field goals that yeah, help sure. us. Um, now if we can get a block punt here or there or something like that, and then like you say, get gain a, a better field position in in a possession or two. That'd be great. But I, I just I don't have I don't I, I I say my lack of confidence is there with uh, LSU's return game because I haven't seen any. You've returned punts a day or two in your life. What's the, what's the trick there? So the trick to returning punts is to being confident in seeing the ball and fielding the ball. Because the biggest, the hardest part is looking straight up in the air and waiting on the ball to come while you got 11 guys or 10 guys running at you full yeah. speed ahead, right? Pretty intimidating. So, the, But the thing is, you have to just have a feel for you. They're going to get killed or you're going uh-huh. to be okay. But I'm going to tell you, you won't get killed. You may get hit hard. You may but, think you're dead for a second. But you have every second while that ball is in the air to call for a fair catch. But you just have to know and understand who's around you and how what the distance is, and uh, and then go from there. Now you know, and then with kick return, the kick return is a little bit different. Um, kick return, you 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 know, you you wanna you wanna you wanna make sure you're fielding the ball at in a good place in a good position on the field so that you can get a better return. Um, and then set up your blocking if you can. Don't just run straight into the wall. Right. I, I do not like it when those guys just get the ball and run straight, and then they just just run full speed for twenty yards and stop. That's to me. That's, that doesn't make any sense. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick here on Tiger Tailgate, and you can jump in the conversation and Tiger and Tailgate with us at 504-260-1870. Text eight seventy eight seventy. This is WWL. Also around college football, if you're just tuning in, Michigan is down to Ohio State, sixty-two to thirty-two. <laughs> 62 to 32 340 remaining in that ball game Ohio State coming in at 10 Michigan coming in at number 4 safe to say Ohio State's got this game in hand I'd say so I'd say so too. I'm sure all the uh, Buckeyes on the Saints roster are pretty pretty happy right about now there's all only about 25 of yeah, them yeah there's only about yeah I was about to say about 20 <laughs> of them I mean the entire secondary when they were introducing the secondary on mm-hmm. Thursday night from the Ohio State the, University right. from the, the Ohio State University I heard it like four times it was Pretty incredible. I don't think any NFL team has their starting secondary. Entire secondary is from, from whatever one, one university. particular. Yeah, and you know what's crazy about that? I bet you everybody that's watching that game from home, that LSU fans, like, well, where's the one LSU guy that we want or need or can have? Yeah, but also, you know, you know how that is. Tonight, number three, Notre Dame taking on USC at seven o'clock. So we've got the pull for USC. Double dip. You want to you want to watch Notre Dame and you want to watch LSU. Notre yep. Dame and USC. Watch LSU. And Texas A&M as well. It has yep. implications on LSU potentially sliding, sneaking back up in the college football playoff Possibly, picture. Possibly, yes. And you need a couple of things to go your way. Yep. But nonetheless, I mean, the, the scenario we laid it out for you earlier, part one is working for you. Ohio State is beating number four Michigan right now. Notre Dame loses to, to SC. And then Alabama, Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC title game. Right. And, there's, and LSU wins. There's your, there's your could, shot at getting into the final that, four. That's it. That's all you got right there now. Hopefully that stuff happens, and then we'll we'll get a good um a good a good you know uh, committee meeting that that's gonna pull for LSU. Also, Alabama has to take care of Auburn, and I know they're much better, but 
this uh, this rivalry between Auburn and Alabama and this uh, this Iron Bowl has has been troublesome at times for for Alabama. Look, Alabama's gone into that Iron Bowl undefeated in the last five games or so, and um, and Auburn's beat them twice out of those five or whatever. Those last right. time they went undefeated, so you know it's it, it's it's a rivalry game. It's an in-state rivalry game, and this is one of the most hatred rivalries of all times. Um, you know, at, with Alabama fans really hating Auburn fans and vice versa. So anything can happen. Anything this is the happen. Harvey Updike. Remember the tumor's corner? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He tried to destroy the tree, kill the tree. Yeah. Said the tree was talking to him. So, I guess. <laughs> 90 minutes to go here on Tiger Tailgate and Sam Spiegelman of TigerDetails.com coming up at 3.30. Also, Mark Passwaters covering Texas A&M for Rivals.com will join us as well. Sat down with him, me, Bobby, and Deuce earlier in the week. This is Tiger Tailgating here on the home of the Tigers, WWL.